Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. I think this is episode eight? It is. Episode eight. I'm with Ryan, as always. Hello, mate. Uh, Today, uh, we're doing a That's What People Do. Happy, happy. We've had two evil people in the past uh, two weeks. Elizabeth Batori and... Uh, Shoko Asahara. That's the one. Didn't know the name off the top of my head. Um, <sighs> both very evil people. So we're going to bring it back with a bit of good. Show that's... Well, I say good. Um, yeah, he, he th- this man we're focusing on kills people, but he was a World War Two soldier, so... He's killing the right people. He's killing the right people. And I feel that his story is more about perseverance and bravery and um, a little bit of lunacy as well. He's a he's called Mad Jack Churchill. And he's called Mad Jack Churchill because like some of the stuff you're like, whoa, that's mad. Like that's mad what he's done. <laughs> and also like he's mad. Like he's he must be clinically insane. Um so without much further ado, let's delve right into the life of Mad Jack Churchill. Uh, Mad Jack Churchill, he was born John Malcolm Thorpe Fleming Churchill. That is a mouthful. That is a mouthful. So from here on out, we're going to call him Jack or Mad Jack, depending on what fancy at the time. Um, he was born on the 16th of September, 1906. Now, conflicting reports. Some people say he was born in Surrey. Other people say he was born in Hong Kong. Oh, uh, that's a bit, bit far-fetched. It is a bit of a distance, but I'm, I'm going to go Surrey um, or Hong Kong, whichever you want to believe. But either way, he was born into a British family. Um... And to start off, I'm just gonna—I like to throw in a little bit of a fact to keep you interested to get you through the early life. Uh, he was the only man in World War Two to get a confirmed kill with a bow and arrow. Damn. Yeah, so all he was like people carrying around machine guns. My man had a longbow for some reason. Why? Yeah. A longbow. Because what? he does what he wants. Literally does what he wants. I like that. I like that he took time to, you know, arrow up. Yeah. Draw it back. Yeah. Look where he's going for. Bang. Yeah, and hit the target. Wow. Um. So anyway, the early life. Um. Childhood. Um. There's not really much to like focus on. He. Uh, 
traveled around Asia a lot with his dad and like experience. He, he's a man of the world. He experienced a lot of the world. So we'll fast forward a little bit to him entering the Royal Military College in Sandhurst, uh, to which he graduated in 1926. So already he'd started his military career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he moved to Burma with the Manchester Regiment. Um, while in Burma, he rode his motorcycle up and down most of the country. He explored a lot of Southeast Asia on his motorcycle, which a lot of people do nowadays. But I think back then it was a lot more sketchy. Mm. Um, and he just explored what it had to offer. He really enjoyed just experiencing things. He was, as you'll find, he's a man that loves adventure. Mm. Like he hates being bored. He will always look for something interesting to do. And I think we could all take a leaf out of his book. Definitely. He also took a fifteen hundred mile bike trip across India because why not? Yeah. He literally backpacked before it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, like, he, he guaranteed he didn't get any of those fucking trousers that girls wear when they've touched an elephant once. He didn't he, wear tie-dye. That, yeah, those trousers with the elephants on with the really baggy, you know, the ones I mean. You're probably sitting there with them now going, what? I'm not attacking <laughs> he you. He doesn't mean these ones, does he? <laughs> I'm not attacking you. Just have a word with yourself. Um, in 1936, his sense of adventure became too great for the army. He thought, I'm really bored. And he left and he moved to Nairobi, Kenya. He worked as a newspaper editor and a male model. <laughs> Bit conflicting, but yeah, male model. Cool. Um, he also learned archery uh, while he was there. Oh, yeah, in Asia, sorry. He learned how to play the bagpipes. Oh, cool. Because that's what you do when you're in Asia, isn't it? You learn how to play the bagpipes for some reason. Yeah. And I... he was also very, very good with a bow and arrow. He took up archery and would often practice. Fair because enough. why not? Um, and he put these skills to the test. Uh, during his time as an actor, he became an actor. Oh right! He appeared in two films: *The Thief of Baghdad* and *A Yank at Oxford*. Cool. Um, before he got bored of that and moved on from the film industry. Wow! So he got bored of being a movie star as yeah. well. So he was like an archer and like really attractive guy in these uh, films. So already at an early age, he's travelled most of the world, learnt many skills, and performed in two films. He's already a really cool bloke. He's already a cool bloke, and we haven't even scratched the surface. Um, in 1936, nope, sorry, said that. He did not, however, give up his talents. Um, and he completed in the military piping competition. Oh, right, okay. Because I'm sure back in those, especially in World War I, um, bagpiping in the trenches to boost morale was quite a big thing. Uh-huh. So I imagine military had a lot of like talent competitions with the old, uh, with the old bagpipes, and Jack was heavily involved in those competitions. And he also represented Team GB at the World Archery Championships in Oslo, Norway. Oh, so he's, he's shit good at this. He's like. really good at archery. Like, anything that he tra- puts his hand to, he just happens to be really good. He's like one of those guys at school, which, like, he you hate him because he's so talented. Yeah. But that's just who he is, unfortunately. He's a great guy. Um, And then all of a sudden, in 1939, Germany decided to invade Poland. That's trig- day. Yeah, triggering a... Uh, a little war across Europe and Just the whole of the world, even. Um, and the number two preceded uh, <laughs> World War. So World War II um, broke out across Europe. And he was recalled to join the army. And, of course, he thought, yes, thank you, adventure. This is what I want. Definitely. He was shipped to France, and his job was to patrol the Maginot Line. Do you know what the Maginot Line is? I do know what the Maginot Line is, mm, yes. For um, the, I imagine you're going to tell me, though. Yeah, for the listeners. It's a line of concrete. It's basically a, a trenches and like various fortifications. It's basically if... Learned from World War One, like if this happens again, this is our fortification to stop the Germans getting through France. This is our fortification. However, yeah. what they didn't realise is World War Two would be very different yeah. than World War One. So 
if you came at this like Maginot line head on, chances are you'd lose. Yeah. However, the Germans thought, hold on a minute. So they went through Belgium and just came around the back of it. It's the shittest defensive <laughs> line ever. Because it's so you can't move it. It's just static. Yeah, they spent so much money making the Maginot line and they didn't realise that you could just invade Belgium and yeah. then go in that way. And they went, oh, right, whoops. So they just completely missed the Maginot line and came around the back and the Allies were like, well, we fucked it a little bit, haven't we? <laughs> so all the Panzer tanks roll in think, good. So they obviously had to retreat from the, uh, from the Maginot line. So already the uh, Allies are not doing too good. Yeah. Um, however, Jack loved practising guerrilla tactics. So he would like handpick men and he'd stage raids and he'd earn like accommodations for his bravery. Um, mm-hmm. He would often get shot and survive. Wow. Like he was like, he's pretty much Iron Man. Um, and then while watching a German force advance to a little French town, um, Churchill decided to signal the attack on the Nazis that were progressing not by shooting at them, not by shouting or anything. He decided to get the uh, bow and arrow he has just chilling on his back. <laughs> he probably turned to his com- uh, his like, colleagues and went, lads, watch this. <laughs> and he just fired this arrow straight into a Nazi sergeant and killed him. Wow. And imagine if you were a Nazi progressing, like walking forward. If, so- if, you-, if you see someone get shot in World War Two, you think, oh, someone's been shot. Like, I'm used to that. If you see an arrow come out of a tree line and like, take out your sergeant you're thinking what the fuck you'd, you'd wonder what year it was you'd freak out as well you'd be like oh, fucking hell this is mad you think oh fuck man they've got hawkeye <laughs> so yeah that was his um that was his kill and then obviously the nazis were like what the hell was that and then the uh allies with jack decided to mow them down with yeah. um machine guns yeah i mean they're, they're gonna be pretty startled yeah i would be as well seeing an arrow fly out of a tree line you'd be very confused um, and obviously, uh, the if you know your World War Two history, the Germans pretty much walked through France. The mm. Allies tried to put up a fight; it didn't really go very well, um, and a lot of them ended up on the beaches of Dunkirk. Yeah, which uh, if you've seen the film or if you researched it, is one of the greatest bits of, I believe, of British history. That's a damn good film. Um, where the uh, citizens and like civilians of the UK just took up any boats and went to rescue. Uh, men, I believe Churchill wanted to rescue thirty thousand, and I think they got three hundred thousand. I believe. Yeah, something like that. They got they Ridiculous got a lot of number. men. Yeah, they saved a lot of men. Uh, Jack was on the beaches, oh, right. and he was livid that they were running away, and he kept commenting on how weak his allies were. <laughs> um, he would stage little nighttime raids while he was there. Just he'll get hand selected men, and he'd go and just fuck up some little battalions of Germans and come back. I was gonna say because there was. Um... There was a platoon of men, or a couple of them, British and French, who, although there's like 300,000 soldiers on the beaches, yeah, uh, they needed to be protected somehow. Yeah. And so these French troops and a couple of British ones, I believe, mm. volunteered to stay. And so they would stay uh, in, in the actual town itself yeah. as like a shield and would like fire at the Germans that were advancing. Yeah. I mean, it was hopeless. They'd be caught, and yeah. most of them were yeah. caught or killed. But um, he's making little raids, so I thought, oh, okay, he's uh, he's doing something. He's not just sit on the bench, beach complaining. No, he was livid that they were all on the beach. He was like, why are we running away? Um, and eventually, he retreated from Dunkirk to England, uh, and he was pissed. Mm. 
So in the next year, in 41, uh, Jack volunteered to join the newly formed British Commandos. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, with whom he launched his Screaming Nordic Raid. What the fuck is that? He uh, he essentially went to, I think it was Finland. And fought... Oh, right. Okay, I know who you're on about now. Yeah, and essentially fought the Nazis in Finland. Uh, he emerged from that battle unscathed. However, a British demolition expert accidentally detonated a charge next to him, sending shards from the bottle of wine he was drinking into his forehead. So he needed to go and get medical attention to that. Oh, right. Because he had glass sticking out of his head (laughs) because his uh, ally blew up a bottle of wine in his head. Right. As you do. Um, But he was back on his feet soon after, and he picked up where he left off and joined uh, the 43 campaign in Italy. He would sneak out. This is an interesting story, actually. He snuck out one night, just him and a corporal, just two guys. And he would creep from one German position to the next German position, armed with nothing but a broadsword. What the fuck? And he would capture German soldiers. So him and one of the corporal captured 42 prisoners with a sword. But how do you get them back? He don't... Like, there's 42 of the, them. The theory is that they were all asleep and they'd wake up with see this mad, crazy Englishman over them with a sword and he'd be like, surrender. And they'd be like, okay. <laughs> and he'd like tie them up and he just walks back with these 42 people with a sword. But that's the bit that I don't get is there's 42 of them. Yeah. There's two of them. And he's got a sword. But All just, he has is a sword. If, if they say if you do anything with confidence, people will go with it. Yeah. Yeah, they just, they just did it. So already this guy's insane. He's wow. insane. That's insane. Um, in forty four, Churchill was sent to Yugoslavia, uh, okay. leading a frontal assault on a well-defended uh, tower. Uh, he would lead a charge through strafing fire and mortars, and he was only one of seven men to reach the target. And he found himself as the last man standing, and he thought, you know what, fuck this, time to go, I'm going to go like a warrior. So he got his bagpipes out, because he's always carrying his bagpipes, his sword and his bow and arrow with him. Uh, and he started playing Will Ye No Come Back Again um, until the Germans knocked him out with a grenade. (laughs) The Nazis reportedly ignored orders to kill him out of respect because they probably saw this guy standing alone playing the bagpipes and thought, fucking hell, what are the balls on him? Yeah. So um, they kept him alive. And when when he told them that his name was Jack Churchill, they instantly thought he was related to Winston Churchill. Oh, right. And so they thought, fuck, okay, we've got him, so we're going to... Uh, go and interrogate him. However, obviously, he is no relation to Winston Churchill, and he had nothing to tell them. And apparently, he was the worst in like inmate in a POW camp ever. Oh, I bet. Like they fucking hated him. I bet because he'd sta- he'd sit there, he'd be singing, he'd like bins on fire. He was basically like an unruly <laughs> school kid. Like they got so pissed off with him, they essentially expelled him. Wow. I think it was the King of Austria or something they had in one of the cells next to him. Okay. And he was just singing, and apparently the King of Austria was like, please, like you've got, to, you've got to shut this guy up. Wow. It's like, And they were like, right, we've got to get rid of him, he's fucking annoying. So they sent him to a Sachsenhausen concentration camp in Berlin. Oh, yeah, I know it. Yeah, one of the main concentration camps. I think it was a uh, death camp or a work camp. It was one of the two. A labour, yeah, labour political camp as yeah. well, I believe. Um, but yeah, that, that's mad. I love stories like that where... Um, soldiers respect another soldier for whatever they may have done. Yeah, because they're just men at the end of the day, aren't they? Yeah, and it's really cool when they acknowledge that. Uh, the, have you ever seen the series Band of Brothers? Uh, bits of it, yeah. There's a there's an episode. Uh, they're in a town called, I believe, Foy, mm. and uh, one of the leaders of a company 
he um he manages to like run past this just bar- garrison of just german soldiers and they need to get like to the other side for something and he just like runs just runs through all of them like just <laughs> they're on either side of this town and he just runs through the middle of the road that is in between them all and like the germans just look at him and they just watch him the whole time <laughs> like what the fuck and they don't shoot him <laughs> and then he runs back and they're still looking at him like what's he doing and then they start firing at him and they miss like every time i love that I think I think at the end of the like it's, it comes back to the swords. But if you see a man charging at you with a sword when everyone else is using guns, you'll be more scared of him because he's clearly got a fucking screw loose. Oh god, yeah, this guy's nuts. Um, and he'd scream as he did it as well. He'd scream as he charged in. Well, yeah, he the, was it what was it called the screaming Nordic charge? Yeah, he he was absolute madman. Um, so he was sent to Sachsenhausen, which was in Berlin. Yeah, he escaped. He just escaped, and. Uh, okay. He was in Berlin, which obviously at the time was heavily German. Like the Allies hadn't rolled in yet, the Russians hadn't rolled in yet. Mr. Hitler was still around. Yeah, and it was his intention to walk from Berlin back to Allied forces, which would have been a hundred and twenty-five mile journey. Give over. He would have just that. walked. He can't do that. Ha- however, he was captured by Nazi forces again and sent to a prisoner of war camp in Italy. And he thought, all right, and escaped again. Wow. <laughs> um, and this time he genuinely walked for about a hundred miles. Until he bumped into American forces. <laughs> he was just like, all right, lads. All right, boys. Imagine I love like, that. You, you just see this bloke walking towards you and you're like, where have you been? He's like, oh, prisoner war camp. Just in a British uniform. The, the balls on this guy, though, he's just wandering around Berlin in he's a just British uniform. Around. Yeah. In a British uniform. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah. Doesn't speak any German. Yeah. Just, just walking around. Just like, where are they? I'll go that way. I'd love to have seen him get captured again. They would have been, the Nazis would have been so confused. They'd be like, yeah. Who the fuck are you? And be like, all right, lads. Yeah, I, I imagine he just goes, Ugh, all right then, you got me. <laughs> like, didn't he probably didn't even put up a fight. No. Uh, whatever. But I reckon they probably knew him. was like, is this the dickhead that was really annoying? Yeah. Like, send him to Italy. Fuck him. Do we you think don't want they him. just followed him in a car for ages? Like, yeah. Because it sounds like he wasn't in any rush to go anywhere. He was just walking. Yeah. They just followed him in a Jeep and he just carried on walking. <laughs> and then they were like, right, no, get him now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he escaped twice from different places. Wow. Um, he was then sent back to Britain, and he then received some very sad news for him. The war had ended. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he was he said he was said to be so disappointed with this. Um, so he decided to help the Americans fight in the Japanese islands, which was still going on. Yeah, why not? However, by the time he got there, he received some more bad news. That war had ended as well. <laughs> the Japan, uh, the Americans had blo- dropped the atomic bombs, and they'd surrendered. And apparently Jack was furious at this because mm. he wanted to carry on fighting. Um, and he was quoted to say, if it wasn't for those damn Yanks, we would have kept the war going for another 10 years. Damn. So he wanted he wanted it. He, he lived for it. He would have happily have stayed there for another 10 years. He's the perfect soldier. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy or what's right with this guy? Something's not normal about him. No. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um... He he wanted a warrior's death. He said he always said that he wanted his coffin draped with a Union Jack. That's what he wanted. And he could do that any time. Like. So he was one of those that was like he he was like please kill me, please kill me. He was charging in with a sword and he just didn't die. He's oh, he's mental, isn't he? But you gotta love it. He's he's a crazy crazy guy. Um, so obviously after the war ended, he was like what now? Because he's a man that loves stimulation. He needs something going on. He needs some yeah. sort of conflict or excitement or adrenaline. Yeah. And so I didn't actually know this, but after the end of um, World War Two, owning a land per se was seen as uh, negative because obviously the Nazis, that was their aim. And obviously at that point, the British uh, owned a fair bit of the world. And um, <laughs> Palestine was a mandate for the Brit- uh, British people, well, the British crown. Um, yeah. And they decided to carve out some of the land uh, and they set it up as Israel. Which I like genuinely didn't realise that Israel was that new. Yeah, there's it, it, it's a topic. Uh, it is a topic. It's a hot topic that maybe we ought not to touch. It's a potato I do not want to have in my hands. Yeah, because it's still going on now today. Yeah, because still conflict. There's no, no, I'm not going into it. There's a lot of politics it, that goes alongside it. The country itself is still relatively new. Um, yeah, but the land itself is not. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Before we go into that, um, so obviously, uh, if you take someone's land away from them and say you have to share it, there's going to be conflict. Yeah, because that's what people—that's what people do. They, <laughs> they don't like sharing things. They're quite tribal about things. Um, so the Jewish people and the uh, Islamic people were kind of at war with each other. Kind of still are. Uh, and Madjak was sent in to help some of the Jewish doctors just before British uh, troops withdrew in 1948. Mm-hmm. So he was sent in to help some of the Jewish doctors who were being ambushed by uh, Islamic soldiers. And it was said that he was seen walking alone towards the Islamist soldiers with a massive grin on his face. He's fucking Just crazy. smiling at them. He's mental. Like, he's batshit. And he was, and he's quoted saying, if you're smiling at somebody, they're less likely to shoot at you. <laughs> it's just, it's like, I get the logic, but... If someone was shooting at me, I wouldn't think to smile. I'd be crying and cradling myself in a corner. Yeah, but this bloke has no fear at all. No, he does not give a shit. Like he he fully just walks in front of people firing bullets with a sword. And he survived so much, so his balls must be dragging along the ground. That's how big they are. Yeah, maybe he's a Jedi. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe that everyone he comes up against is a stormtrooper and can't hit him for shit. <laughs> um... So, unfortunately, in this particular instance, they had to uh, withdraw because they were promised reinforcement. It never came. Right. And these particular Jewish doctors were killed. Oh, shit. By the Islamist... Uh, in, I don't want to say invaders because they're not... Um, I don't know what the word is. Soldiers. Soldiers, Insurgents. yeah. Insurgents. Uh, however... In his time in Israel, he helped over 500 doctors and patients escape hospitals that were under siege. Cool. So he did bits. He did bits for the uh, new Israeli people. Yeah, fair, fair. 
He's um, good at what he does. He's very good. He's a bloody good soldier. He's like Captain America times a million. He's Captain Britain. Yeah, but like he would beat oh, Captain he America needs to be in a fight. A superhero now. There needs to... there needs to be a film about him. There must there might be like a B film about him. He must be canonized as a superhero. Yeah, because he's better than any superhero because he's real. Exactly. That's why he's so much better. Um, after retirement from the army, he decides to move to Australia because why not? You might as well get some sun if you're going to move away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he teaches land and air warfare to new recruits. Oh, right. And he just he makes his living that way. Because while in Israel, he learned how to parachute. Okay, yeah. Because just another string tied to his bow, if you'll pardon the pun. Yeah. Um, and he also took up surfing while in Australia. Because I think if you're living in Australia, you may as well learn how to surf. Because yeah. you've got the weather for you, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. So at this point in his life, after retirement... Um, he had been a model, an actor, a bagpiper, a swordsman, archer, soldier, commando, parachuter, and a surfer. Wow. That's a long CV. I bet he was playing bagpipes on a surfboard. Probably. And just an absolute <laughs> madman in general. He would also um, take part in speed trials for motorbikes in his 50s. Wow. Yeah. He he strikes me as an extreme adrenaline junkie. Oh, God. He's the kind of guy that would base jump. Yeah, 100%. He'd do base jumping. He'd just jump off like a big rock. Yeah, 100%. And then just land on his forehead and then get up and go, oh, that felt good, I'll do it again. <laughs> He's, I, I, I'm running out of superlatives to describe him. Um, in his older years, he was um, said to be quite quiet and unassuming. Uh, he was too much fun, that's why he sucked out all of his energy. Yeah, but he lived in uh, England now, he lived in uh, London, I think. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, though, he'd just do things just to get people's reaction. He'd just want to, like, wind people up and just see how people react like certain situations. Like what? So, uh, on the train home from wherever he was going, he would randomly stand up without smiling or speaking to anyone, grab his briefcase and just throw it out the window. (laughs) And then he'd just sit down (laughs) and just wait to see what people did. Which I find hilarious. Imagine that just standing up, just launching out the window, and then just sitting down as if nothing happened. That's so funny. You know, someone looks at you, be like, "What?" He get his briefcase and just throw it out the window. Um, turns out the train went right past his house, and he was throwing his briefcase into his garden. Oh, he's so funny. <laughs> he just wanted to do this just to wind people up a little That's bit. That's hilarious. <laughs> what a guy. Um, and a quote uh, to end on. I'll let you read this quote. Uh, this is an unknown, uh, someone who worked with him, but I couldn't get the name, said this about uh, Jack Churchill. To try to sum up Jack Churchill, though in war, a remarkable and inspiring leader, did not always appear sympathetic to the average soldier. In the three-week Dunkirk campaign, he was surprised and disappointed to see that all men were not as fearless as he. So he knew what he was. Yeah. He knew that his balls were massive and he couldn't understand why everyone else wasn't the same as him yeah he seems to be very aware that he's like one in a million yeah and that not everyone was like him i still can't get over that picture of him storming the beach yeah we'll put this up on the sword in hand we'll put this up on the old insta definitely yeah you'll see this on our social media it's It's quite a blurry picture because it was taken mid-war so i'm sure you can understand but there's a there's, there's a man charging in with a sword um, and we'll also put up some frontal pictures of him as well because he had a banging moustache, which I think really adds to. Yeah, I just seen it as well, and it's it's like kind of those, it's kind of split, looks split in the middle. Yeah. And like, 
Yeah, look at this. this he looks like fantastic. a proper British man. He looks like a British soldier. Yeah. It's exactly what I expect him to look like. It's fantastic. There's a picture of him playing the bad part. Just a unsung hero, I think. There's probably a film about him, but the one hasn't. Well, been. I have been looking and I can't find one. Really? There doesn't well, seem to be a movie. There's a about gap him. in the market because there are stories about people that have done a lot less. Oh wait, maybe there is. No. I don't know. What I'm doing is on Google Imaging. I'm just Googling. I can't seem to find anything about him. If you are a listener and you, for some reason, work with... Uh, Any production companies, yeah. movie makers, script writers, make yeah. a movie about this man. Please. it's insane. Um, Mad Jack died on the 13th of March, 1996, age 89. Oh, damn. 89, though. So after everything that he went through, he lived to a ripe old age. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I believe in that time he got married. Um, whether he had kids, I'm not sure. I didn't cover that because I feel in comparison to the other stuff, it was pretty irrelevant information. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. He's so cool. He's a what really cool blood. guy. He's kind of like, have you ever seen, um, maybe we'll do an episode of him so I won't go into more detail, but um, I've forgotten the name that Hacksaw Ridge is based upon. Oh, the medic. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's his name? I've completely, I I've gone blank. I don't know his name. I've gone blank, but really good film and really cool guy that as well. Yeah, good movie. I like that movie. Yeah, who's, who's it? that? Who's it? It's um Mel Gibson and Andrew Garfield. Mel Gibson directed. Andrew Garfield. That's Andrew right. English guy, Spider Man, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Spider Man. Yeah, fair enough. The That's really a awkward good movie. I like that. That is brutal. That movie. Yeah, Mel. You can tell Mel Gibson directed it. Yeah. <laughs> Just explosions everywhere. Yeah, maybe we should talk about him as well. Mel Gibson. No, not Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the medic from the movie. Yeah, I've completely. Not Andrew Garfield name. either. I've genuinely forgotten his name, but I can I can see the film. Right. Anyway. The Second World War is full of yeah amazing so stories. Heroes. Amazing stories. I think what would be interesting if maybe for like next month or one of the episodes in the future, we try and find like a Nazi kind of story, but like their version. But like not like one of the... I'm, I'm butchering this because I'm saying we're going to support a Nazi. Not someone who did like bad things, but someone like... Someone like Mad Jack, but Germany's oh, okay. version of it. All right. Because I think people forget that not all Nazis weren't bad people. They were just soldiers that got signed yeah, up. Yeah, not all like German soldiers were Nazis. Yeah, it's like the SS were the ones that were dickheads because they yeah. chose to be dickheads. Yeah. But a lot of the infantrymen soldiers, they didn't want to be there. Well, yeah, as soon as the war was over, they just like put their so like their uniform and weapons down. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank God that's done. It's like, did you watch um, Peter Jackson's... Uh, World War One in colour. Yes. Yeah, and like there was the soldiers, they were sitting together. Yeah. Like when they captured the Germans, they were sitting together trading stuff, having yeah. a laugh. Because they're people at the end of the day, they and they're just they doing what they have to there. do. Yeah. They don't want to be there necessarily. I mean, some do, like Jack. Mad Jack wanted to be there. Yeah. He 100%. lived for that stuff. But then, if he was told the Germans are the good guys, he wouldn't kill them. He like the fact that he went through the rest of his life without killing anyone shows that he's very stable. Well, yeah, he's a stable bloke. Yeah, he just needs a thrill. Yeah, he's not a killer. Like, no. well, he's a killer in that he can kill people, but I don't think he gets off on killing people. I think he got off on the war aspect. He enjoyed being in war. He was just good at that stressful environment. Some people are really good at being soldiers, aren't they? Yeah, and that's what he was. Just yeah. a very, very good soldier who needed that discipline in his life, it seems. It needs discipline. It needs structure. It needs order. Yeah. And without it, it seems that he's not very good at it. 
Because yeah. as you can see, like even after he left the army, he took up some serious hobbies. You know, he took up the surfing and stuff like that. Like he needs adrenaline. He needs a adre- he's an adrenaline junkie. He just yeah. needs to do something. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, really cool guy. Really good episode, man. I like that. It was a quite a short episode, but quite compact. Yeah. See, we've covered your commute. That's what we we're about. Yeah, and now you're getting off at the station. It's just pulling in now. And uh, you can quickly put us on pause or stop now because the show's over. Yeah. You've got to go to work. Have fun at work. Yeah, or if you listen to it on the way home, have you're nearly at home now. You can go home. You can make yourself some proper dinner. You can have yourself a bath. Relax. Unwind. It's the end of the day. You've only got to be back there in 12 more hours. It's fine. Uh, usually we tell you at the end of the episode who we're covering next. However, as we record, I'm not. we haven't told you for a while, we record four episodes. We meet up once a month and record four episodes. This is the fourth one of the day. So who knows who's coming next? Yeah, we don't know. We've got. I've got a few ideas. Right. Got okay. a few ideas. I don't yet, but I've got a month to think about it. You've got a little while. Yeah, it'll be too good, too bad. Too good, too bad. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening again, everyone. Uh, it's been a pleasure, as always, to tell you about some really, really cool, interesting people and some really arsehole people. Yeah. And uh, we shall see you next week. We will see you next week. All right, then. Toodle pip. See you later. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.